Hello, welcome to Chucked. We are glad you're with us today. We're winding down season two of Chucked, but we have a few more and it's always an interesting time of year as we are in the NBA Finals. And today we have the roving Chuckster, hey. Eric Fleming the with us. The roving Chuckster, I yeah, like that. the roving Chuckster. Adopted and Chuckster. Uh, he has chosen to spend <laughs> a precious half an hour of his life oh. With Austin and myself and dream. talking a dream. a dream, good. This is good to have you. Good. On. Now, are you nervous because you're talking to such an esteemed audience? <laughs> the chucked audience. Am I is Fleming just confessed before we, oh, we came on. This is going on air. Awesome. <laughs> that, oh yeah, <laughs> super cool. You got to be careful. Nervous around say. professional adults. <laughs> professional. I want more childish adults. Oh man, that was yeah. The, am I nervous? No. I mean, it was a lot to step into your chair, sit yeah, in your chair. Yeah, bad. Yeah. You're gone. But man, yeah. the wisdom just just oh, yeah. washed over me. Did and you I feel the glow? Push through, yeah. yeah. There's your kind okay. of glory there. Of Charlie the Mike. glory, <laughs> glory. <laughs> so today we uh, this is fun sitting around talking about um, some implications of the temple of basketball, right. the right. temple of the playground. And I am fascinated by some of your observations uh, with regard to a best-selling book that you've been reading. Right. So that this, may interest some of our chucksters. Right. It but came not out all. Of, came out of nowhere. It's funny how the coffee discussion leads mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. this morning. So, yeah, this book um, written by Shay Serrano, who is a journalist for The Ringer. Uh, I've been noticing it on Twitter, and people are talking it up, and it's actually a New York Times bestseller um, called Basketball and Other Things. And it is fascinating. It's entertaining. It's hilarious at times, um, and I've I've been struggling to put it down. I just started reading reading it, listening to it actually, um, Friday, and man, I can't get enough of it. I mean, again, as basketball junkies like we are, you can see why. Um, I mean, he opens up his book first of all. The foreword is by Reggie Miller. I mean, who does not love? Listening to Reggie Miller talk yeah, about good. basketball, yeah, right? He's really Spike Lee, right? <laughs> I mean, he's talking about his UCLA, UCLA days, pick up basketball in the summers with when Jordan would bring his teams in yeah. and John, Magic Johnson. Just oh my gosh, I could listen to that forever. The Space Jam pickup games, you talk about those. <laughs> right. Space Jam those, was bugs. Yeah, and they was built that he whole Space Jam. <laughs> no, but he he had the yeah. he was the one that set up the pickup games, right? right. In UCLA's right. campus right. when Absolutely. Jordan oh, okay. was trying to train. Okay. Yeah. Right. Nike basically built Jordan a whole dome or a, a training dome, and they had the oh. pickup games there. Right. Right, and so he writes the foreword, and then the opening chapter is he's he's unapologetic. Jordan is his guy, greatest of all time, and a lot of a lot of people feel that way. I mean, he's obviously one of the greatest of all time, um, but he sets out that chapter to what is the best version of Michael Jordan uh, statistically. He does a lot of stats per one hundred possessions. He walks through all his years to say which year is his greatest, hands down. Um, and so it's just really cool hearing the statistics, him reliving those memories of my childhood, of the, the game five, the flu game, and him walking through that, which is really funny. Um, and so it was just a really cool chapter. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I am hooked and can't stop. I mean, mm. chapter two is like the greatest dunker of all times. And he's got all these parameters mm. of what that what that is. And obvi- you know, I'm not ruining it. For, I mean, Vince Carter, I mean, is the greatest dunker of all time, mm. right? Mm. Um, and then he mixes in there some fun things like – Austin and I listened to a little bit of the chapter today of um, he does a draft, first round draft, 30 picks for the greatest fictional basketball players of all time. So he gives you going from 30 to first, 
you you go through and he lays out who his are and then you know he's got some funny parameters with that as well but it's just really entertaining it's just made me made me think about that and came in and shared with Austin this morning I was like man this was really cool reading this you need to check out this book and on the spot hey let's yeah. let's take that in the chuck you have a dad you have a better memory of um, of Jordan since we were both young I really really right. remember Jordan's last three years with the Bulls um, but uh, so what do you think the the best Jordan year was uh, my guess was two years off than what right. Shea Sharano says. Um, was Jordan's best year? Two. So say again. After he came off those those last three years. No, of his of his twelve year bowl career. What what was his best? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean that that ninety two ninety three era is it. Yeah, is it. it is yeah. that was probably I mean, his best gosh. team. I mean, that's yeah, it probably was. And you know, the ninety three is when they beat the Suns, right? Right. And that that Suns team was really good. I mean, yeah, Barkley was in his prime, and oh, man. and yeah. those teams would those teams would give. Dan Marley would give LeBron a lot of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> was Kevin Johnson on that team was that Kevin, Kevin Johnson? Johnson. Oh. Yeah, Sabalos who had the there greatest, yet, the, the, the most underrated dunk of all time was Kevin Johnson's right. dunk. Right. And then um, Horace Grant was a dog then. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, that that ninety two ninety three era of Jordan before he retired was was boy he was mm-hmm. he was a machine. Yeah, he right. was an unleashing of energy. Right. He started to with shoot, precision. shoot outside better then, didn't he? 92 was when he, he did. He yeah, I mean, that's the thing people forget. Is, oh, LeBron doesn't shoot as well as Jordan. Whoa, time out. Jordan right. didn't. Jordan I mean, he had a really flat He had a really <clears throat> flat shot. It took mm-hmm. him a while to develop that. But I'll tell you this. No basketball team was prettier to watch than the Chicago Bulls executing the triangle offense. Right. Right. Oh my gosh! There, Poetry in motion. Right? I, it was. Absolutely. I mean, just. I mean, literally. Rem- <laughs> I remember watching how the precision with which Luke Longley or Bill Willington in the high post would catch the ball, pivot, ball in the right position. It was just. Right. To this day, UCLA's great teams of execution. That, and of course, I remember those teams. I remember Walton in the high post and just it's beauty. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of the reason why I fell in love with basketball was just the beauty of execution. Yeah. But those Bulls teams, so Jordan, that team was a lot more fun to watch than the LeBron, James Harden, Rockets, uh, mm-hmm. even the Warriors teams, uh, because they they executed. It wasn't just a bunch of isolation, which right. I know I'm more sounding system. like an old guy. It was system. It was Systematic, just absolutely. It was crazy good execution. Right. Not just clear out and take your guy. Yeah, out. yeah. And I right. personally still believe that would work today. I, yeah. I do. You just have to have right the guys. right mixture of guys, and the yeah. right coach. You know, you had Tex Winter coaching that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Phil Jackson coaching right. that. It was Tex Winter who he was coaching that, that, and John Bach. Yeah. And uh, oh, those teams were great. But Jordan, then as the as the finisher piece, because right. I don't care what offense you have in the NBA. Oh yeah, we execute. Oh, six seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah, we're Jordan. Absolutely. That's the thing about him. I was telling my son, I was telling Braden, because Braden likes listening to this with me. Um, and he was asking about Jordan and LeBron. And I said, man, the thing about Jordan, and I would put Kobe there, there's one thing you knew with the last six seconds. That ball was not leaving their hands. No. They no, are, no it's not. It doesn't not, matter no, what's happening. Not. And LeBron will take those shots, but also he'll yeah. he'll delegate those the, shots. Le, Kobe and Michael are not making that pass to George right, Hill the other right. night. They're not. They're not. I mean, I, you know, and really, it was fortunate, I think, that a foul was called in game one mm-hmm. on that, truthfully. Mm-hmm. It was a foul. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times in those situations, they don't. They don't call that. That was a turnover if, if uh, they don't call One that One of my first there. thoughts was during that, that part was that that was the first mistake 
made in a litany of mistakes. My gosh, <laughs> that happened within a span of a few seconds. Super fast. Um, but yeah, it was that? I mean, that, that seemed to be LeBron and that uh, isolated up top seemed to be working pretty well that night. Yeah. <laughs> then we just go away from him. We need to I mean, you get know. to switch on Curry, get <laughs> Curry on him again, and just do just yeah, do what you've been I doing. Know. I I, I just oh my gosh, I, I, it is stunning. <laughs> I don't care if you have Lucifer on you. If LeBron James, if you need a shot at them, <laughs> like you just go, you go for it, LeBron. Gosh, right. yeah. Yeah. So, Oz, where are we headed with this whole discussion about basketball and other things? Well, um, what did, I wanted to talk about the best. Uh, the, who's what are your guys' thoughts on the best dunker? That's a fun one. The best in-game dunker. Um, I'm sorry. I know where you're going. There's no way. There's <laughs> no way you guys remember the 1972 right. ABA version of Julius Irving. Right. There's no way. But I'm telling you. His extension that he got with the size of his hands and his ability to move the ball. Now, Jordan had that ability to move the ball mm -hmm. with one hand, but he never got the extension that Irving did. Right. And I mean, Irving in the ABA, gosh, it was just... I remember a, a cousin of mine who was stationed in San Antonio, like and I can remember him in 1971. He comes back from on leave, and he goes... I just saw this guy play in San Antonio for the New York North New York Nets. His name's Julius Irving. You wait. This guy is unbelievable. I, would love to have seen him. I know. I would Wouldn't love you love to, to see him? But Dr. the fro yeah. and everything. That brings I up mean, another point after that. Oh yeah. gosh. I I mean uh, it was just So Dr. J is is for you. For me is. And I do I believe that Dr. J got the level of elevation that Vince Carter right. no. Right. So it does a little bit go back to the romanticism of our childhood. Right, but it his, totally is. His dunks, I mean, even for the time, his I mean, windmill dunks, yeah. bam, you know, it's just like for, those, I, for that time era, an era, right? That had to yeah. Be, oh, it was just I mean, crazy. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it would. It, I mean, even be. today, it would be explosive coming down the left side at the <laughs> spectrum. Julius <laughs> Irving, and he comes down the left side and he cups it over Michael Cooper and just oh. Oh my! And the equivalent gosh. of thong sandals with laces too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really was. The I like that. in the early seventies, it was the Converse Chucks, you're and like then it was the Converse All Stars, you're which yeah. were yeah, you're barefoot yeah, out there pretty much. Yeah, a centimeter of rubber, cardboard and rubber. No Air Max you know? in those. No, no, no. no. I mean, no. yeah. So, um, so Doctor J. Okay. Doctor J was the you guys knew I'm pretty predictable on that one, <laughs> right. right? And this was in. Austin brings this up because this was the second chapter of his book. Um, but, man, once you hit, when you start talking dunkers, man, um, you might be the same. I don't know, Oz, but it was instantly like Braden's in the car, and I'm talking, and it's like I'm talking to myself. And he's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just living my childhood again or loving this. I'm like, it's Vince Sanity. That's half man, yeah. half amazing, right? Yeah. That's Vince Carter, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he reminded me in that chapter. And he's 6'9", and Carter's 6'6". Six, 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 six. Oh, is he 6'6"? Six, six, six. Six. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So his first dunk contest, I think, was 2000. That was after there was no dunk contest for two years, remember? His first entrance, I believe it was 2000, Serrano said this and reminded me. That there was he, no dunk contest? He resurrected it. He brought it back. Is that the elbow dunk? Yes. He 2001. Was, what was it? Because he said two years before that, right? They Why did didn't they do a dunk contest? Was there the, 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 the strike? Well, the strike. 99, there was a strike. 2000, I don't think they had one. I think it was 2001. Yeah, it was like really losing years. its it might have been February 2001 that in Oakland. So that's a big check that he I mean, resurrected the slam right. dunk. And he comes out with the windmill, the 360 He resurrected it and ruined it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. yeah, like, 
um, the 360 windmill, the the three steps behind the backboard. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. And then like hanging from his elbow. I mean, like are you? Like, yeah. And then the best end game dunk. I mean, I I always show that. I go to that video uh, again, showing my son that where he dunked on the Frenchman in the Olympics, a seven footer. Yeah. Where you mm-hmm. stole that in open yeah. court and just yeah, audit what his his one of his best dunks ever was uh, was people forget about it, was against the Clippers and just anyone that wants to take the time Google that Vince Carter's dunk versus the Clippers it was actually a dead ball but barely a dead ball and it was one of the best dunks of all time I think it might be a surprise but I think um, it's a little bit under it's not said enough but um, I think LeBron's the best in game oh, dunker wow. ever you take if you look through as I've said it before on here the um, the amount of people, big names that he's dunked on in games uh, multiple times. His free throw line dunk versus the Hawks, I think, was in 08. I don't know if people remember that, where he had in that steal game. in a game. In a game, he takes a steal around half court, takes one dribble. And, I mean, people get you know up about Giannis Antetokounmpo right now and what he's doing. But, I mean, LeBron's – I mean, you, you Google it. Um, there's only a Fox Sports Ohio video of it and someone filming the – because <laughs> it was back before Court DVR. Side, right? Yeah, someone filming it. And he takes wow. one dribble from half court and uh, dunks it from the free throw line. But I think I think he's... Uh, well, the he's, thing is, I would I would bet this would be true. I remember when, um, you know, when Daryl Griffith was with Louisville back in the late hmm. 70s, and then he was done in 80, and they were called the... He was called Dr. Duncan yeah, Stein, and they were right. supposedly had all these dunks. <clears throat> and they compared... Uh, a few years ago, one of Louisville's teams, uh, you know, the, the, the Louisville teams in the 70s were like, oh, they were crazy dunking. And they had, I'm just going to throw a number out, 53 dunks that year. And the team a couple years ago had 179 <laughs> or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, I will concede that the amount of dunks LeBron's having right. as opposed to Julia serving, I bet, would shock right. you how many more he's had. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the athletes today are right. just bigger, stronger, faster. That's a, also a bummer that he's never done the dunk contest, which I think he would just just mm-hmm. destroy the, the competition. Yeah. Because there's like a mystery to him a little bit, right? Yeah. You yeah. see him in game and see how high he gets up. Yeah. And like you're, you just wonder, man, how high can that guy jump like legitimately? When, when we've been at oh, the arena and... You know, like, and I remember in game six, we were there a few years ago. That two-handed alley-oop. <laughs> it looks like he could touch the ceiling of the arena. Like someone I mean, just dropped he, him out of the... It does. I mean, there, there, is, there is that that transcendent feeling you get mm-hmm. when you're at... you're Like, we were at rim level, so we were pretty low. We were about mm-hmm. 10 rows behind the Golden State bench. And I remember that two-handed alley-oop, and it was like his head was above the rim. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, like his arms were right. reaching over to the the backboard, and so there is this transcendent moment of godlikeness, you know, of how right. Holy how far cow! Can this how, guy, how I know can he go really because it's, it's like just, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Your brain computes it as he's nine feet tall. Right, <laughs> you know, that's Joe, how right. your brain remembers that yeah. moment. This guy is nine feet tall. Yeah, I would have liked to seen him like the in, around the oh eight oh nine years dunk contest because yeah. that was his i mean his jumping back then when and that was Young that was crazy Young guy then for sure right? yeah it's crazy yeah. To say you know that. what so, you know what's the what's the other thing that was brought up um speaking of kind of comparison comparative analysis was the the dream team versus the redeem team remember that conversation <laughs> right that's yeah, in the book. That's another. This no, it's own. not. Yeah, this, this got <laughs> thrown out on Twitter. And this is this is that's a yeah, conversation go, that will piss here. some people off. Right. That is that sounds absolutely 
blasphemous, but Man. comparing the Redeem Team roster versus the Dream Team the, roster. The Redeem Team was the oh gosh, 96 team. team or the 2000 team? It was the 2012 team after oh, the 08 okay. team got oh, the bronze oh, gotcha, medal. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so on that team, you had Kobe, you had LeBron, you had Durant, you had... Um, oh, Westbrook, Harden. you had Harden, you had Chris Paul, you had Kevin Love, you had Andre Iguodala, you had Darren Williams, you had Anthony Davis, 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 you had Carmelo Davis, right? Anthony oh shooting gosh. his brains out, Tyson Chandler. Um, that's a tough team. You know, and, and uh, so are you talking about a one game or a seven game series? Goodness. I'll, I'll take any. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll compare those two teams for any, any I would, amount. I would take that because the thing about the dream team is as great as that was, and I would I would think it would be a close game, there were guys put on there, you know, like Stockton and Christian, Christian Leitner that, <laughs> come on, those were, those were token. Gross. Uh, those were token. Christian Leitner. Can you, you know, those were token additions. Mm hmm. They just were. Uh, nobody liked Isaiah Thomas, and that's why he wasn't on there, and that's why John that's Stockton true, right? was. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, right. uh, yeah. no, Jordan didn't want to play with him, mm -hmm. right. and that's why he wasn't on there. Man, that could be a whole nother. That would be <laughs> we could, because but, you, got, cause you have Larry Bird, Bird on there. Down to the roster, Chris Mullen, even Larry Bird is retiring the next yeah. year. Yeah. He couldn't walk. I mean, he, you know, he just that was not the Larry Bird that that was dominant. Magic Johnson had a life-threatening disease because that's what we were yeah. right. Because we talked about that. We said, is it at that time of the photo, or are we taking... I even said, you can even take them in their prime. Because that was kind of the discussion we were having. If you took those guys, all of them in their prime. Now you're talking about an Anthony Davis in his prime, not young guy oh. who went behind the ears. And, and, and you know, you're he might not even be in his prime yet. Right, that's that's the thing, is that guy's still getting stronger. But, but still, but yeah, cause you're, you're, putting, you're putting, what, 09 Kobe on there? I mean, it's... You're putting 2014, 2013 Durant on there? I mean... Oh, Russell, you know, 2016 Russell Westbrook. So that's a, that's a fun one. Hopefully, all these just give people the one thing talk that the, the dream team would it. have with Magic, Barkley, and Jordan is you would have to kill them to beat them. Mm -hmm. right. That's the one thing they'll they'll hurt you. <laughs> yeah, and there's nobody true. you listed that will hurt you. On the on the mm -hmm. redeem team, Magic like, Johnson tried to take a charge against LeBron. It might hurt. Him. That yeah, might kill well, him. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll tell you that. Magic well, Johnson well, might well. die. But the thing about the, the Magic had that smile, and oh he did that. Gosh. He's an assassin. Right. The guy would. The guy would. The thing about Le Magic is he had LeBron's size. Mm -hmm. You know, and he just didn't have his physique though, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. Height wise, not you're right. Yeah. He did. You're right. Yeah. He did. But I mean, Chris Paul might kill someone on that team. He'd be Chris, the closest Chris one. Paul You're right. Bank. You're right. You're right. But I, that would that would be the ultimate. You you are That's right in fun, bringing that up because the level of of just Navy Seal killer instinct oh, that those old guys had way way mm -hmm. exceeds that. Well, yeah. Shea Serrano says in his book in that '98 Jordan isn't the best Jordan. But in a game of one-on-one against all other Jordans, 98 <laughs> yes. Jordan might win find because he has more, he's more bloodthirsty than anyone. He'll find a way of, to of all those Jordans. the other Jordans. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's got, like, so he talked about 89 Jordan where he uses the term, that was the, the blood in the water Jordan. Where he that turned from God-like Jordan into a, this, to like, devil Jordan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, you know. All those guys. Yeah, I met, yeah. Barkley, Jordan. And I didn't include Bird in that. Bird, you put, take Bird, Bird in his prime, yeah. man. I mean, that guy's 6'10", with huge hands. Right. And 
tried to punch out Julius Irving, who was one of his friends. Yeah, he's like, right. He okay, the, I mean... He, let alone you might blink and he has 10 jumpers on you already. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Right. You know, mm-hmm. he's just... The inner dog of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like... I don't even know if it's comparable to as a As a man of the cloth, I like today's era where those guys hug and kiss each other all the time. <laughs> man of the cloth, but I tell I like you what, that. as a sportsman, it was yes. awesome back then yes. when Magic and Bird hated each yes. other. When Completely when, when I, I mean, yeah. I remember where I was when Irving, Julius Irving and Bird, I was at Open Gym at my high school when they just went at it. Man, it was just, <laughs> they were going to kill each other. Mm-hmm. They were going to kill each other. And they were friends. They right. were... And uh, I identify as a competitor. I identify with that because I was wired that way too. That that if you get me mad, then it was there's no friendships here. There, right. I mean, it's there, there's exactly so. what I, exactly what I told Brady in the back of the car. We were talking about those two eras of Jordan. That I said, man, here's the deal, Braden. Even Kobe. Kobe kind of bridges those. He does. Well, yeah. there was a eulogy written after his oh. last game and his last season that I was going to bring up of about Kobe Bryant. That this is the end of all the basketball we yep. love and that he's the last yep. player superstar player that would that might hurt someone right. if he yeah. had to to win that's, yeah that's what I told him I said Jordan wasn't joining Magic's team mm-hmm. they weren't locking up a bird in Boston no one was doing no, that it's like I'm taking no, this team and I'm no. pounding your team yeah and mm-hmm. let's just keep us separated we're not building a super team in Golden State yeah <laughs> that that wouldn't have happened for all the <laughs> Could gold you in the hills. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wouldn't have happened for those guys. Could no you imagine way. A bird and Magic on a team together, or a, or a Jordan and and any of them. Just throw them out. Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. Oh, I mean, there was a lot of negotiating that had to go on for them to play on a dream team for one That's summer. True. That's true. I mean, there was a lot of because J- Jordan didn't want to play for Magic's team. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that was. That was, it was, you said it already, but that was literally true with the dream team. That was that was there was negotiating that had to go on, and huh. Magic wanted Isaiah, and Jordan, as a condition, said, "Nope, I'm not playing with him." Yeah, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, we could talk forever. Yeah, that, that team. Yeah. Uh, so we've now spent 22 minutes. What is the value? <laughs> what is the value of like this discussion? What right value now? added um, to people? Uh, you know, I know some of our hearers are just basketball nuts, and they just love to hear us talk about things that have no spiritual value whatsoever. <laughs> uh, um, I'm surprised by some of the moms who listen to this who are mm-hmm. who are into the basketball end of it. It's fantastic. It. It. It's fantastic. That's cool. But um, what? How then shall we think on these issues, Austin? Take uh, us as hosts. Well, yeah. going from the nine rules of sentential and propositional logic, we will. Um, <laughs> I mean, something to end on with awesome. that, that is uh, Shea Serrano is uh, just quickly with the uh, he brings up with heroes from your childhood you thought were one thing that turned out not to be. Right. There is some small degree of existentialism in that, mm-hmm. which is you know. You know, of, of, of trying to understand this, like the, this hero's existence, and you realize mm-hmm. his existence actually is not as you grow up, everything you your childhood to be. kind of the nostalgia. Of, yeah, absolutely. So Shea Serrano's was Vinny Del Negro. And if you don't know who that is, I'm sorry. Your 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 life is North lesser <laughs> for yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah, somebody uh, he thought was great and amazing as a, as uh-huh. a child, and, and his childhood grew up was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's Vinny. So Del what's Negro. yours? That's a that's a tough one. Chris um, Webber. 
could grow up. Grow up. <laughs> the you know, like I, it probably would be when I got into basketball and that Michigan Fab Five team, and you're like, oh man, this team is incredible, and you. It's probably like a Jawan Howard. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, you watch him play, and he, he had a great career. But, like, you're mm-hmm. up, you're like, oh, come on, Eric. I'm like, that dude is. He spent more time on the Heat bench than he did in the <laughs> so playoff like, I think he's Eric's still on a bench been, somewhere yeah, in the yeah, NBA. He's always he's there. He was giving a lot of high fives, man. Yeah. He was rallying the team around during timeouts. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's probably my Vinny Del Negro, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. I mean, my hero in the 70s was uh, in the in the – formative era of my basketball was Kyle Macy, mm-hmm. uh, All-American guard for UK. Had a, had a really good professional career, probably 10 years with the Suns and the Bulls. And um, he was a legend in Kentucky. Yeah. Number four yeah, in was. your program, number one in your hearts, <laughs> Kay Wood Ledford. Oh, okay. uh, and I, I just loved him. And then, you know, then you do, you grow up and I just idolized him. I still I want to get him to come to our church sometime. You know, he's a Christian. I would uh, be because cool. I, I I he he wiped his socks at before the free throw line, dribbled three times, boom. I was a left-handed version of him. I shall like it was a it was a mirror. I was a mirror. I actually have a picture of Kyle Macy at UD Arena the week after I played there as a sophomore in the regionals. He they played Magic Johnson in UK, and uh, I mean I have this you know. He's just, it's just perfect form for his, his right handed. And so, but then you realize, and he was a, he was a, uh, he was an unathletic white guy. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. he, that's really what he was. He could really right, shoot, right, you know. Right. It, it ended up being I was more athletic than he was. Right, <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, so it was Kyle that's Macy. Yeah, that so was I'm sure that a resident be Wildcat. It. Kathy Glista would love some Kyle Macy. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. mine, I, I I think I now I'm thinking about. It, I think I have more ones that better suit this. But one of the first ones I thought of, mainly despite you, Fleming, cool. was uh, awesome. Drew Neitzel. True. <laughs> Do you remember Drew Neitzel? Oh I loved gosh. that dude. I gross. loved that dude. Who did he play for? Michigan State. He's so gross. Yes. Remember? He had I the bald head. Spartan. Because <laughs> you're that sitting your here. Guy? <laughs> I don't know. I just loved Drew Neitzel. I mean, I was a big Buckeye basketball he, fan, but I loved. Remember, I loved Drew Neitzel. Was he the? He had a little Andrew European Dextrous career. Good, yeah. Good, right. I mean, a, he, a walking turnover. <laughs> like absolutely, like you could shoot, but man, that a, kid, golly, that a walking turnover. Is a classic. Um, so yeah, Drew Knights. Now there and, are and, and your look, heroes you had that are as good as you remember them. So oh, yeah, your hero of heroes was White mm-hmm. Chocolate, Jason, yeah. Jason Williams. Williams. But like, you know, and he was as good as yeah. you remember him. Well, he's yeah. probably the most talented white basketball player to ever touch oh, a basketball. Oh my gosh! But yeah. other, you know, there's other guys. I, you know, I, I, I think, <sighs> but Drew Knights does fit into that because like, um, Kings. Because I mean, gosh, you know, that's a kid that worked really hard, but that's that's not a good basketball player. I mean, yeah, he played at Michigan. <laughs> yeah. State. That's, he's a Division one, you know, Big Ten basketball player. But like in this, you know, when I got to about seventeen, I was like, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> he's not a very yeah. good player. I thought you were gonna go with Kraft uh, for Ohio State. <laughs> that's because that's, <laughs> that fits the bill. Well, as you get older, so not to yeah. disrespect, but you do realize Division one basketball players are not. Like these perfect, They're really hard workers. Right. Is basically they really right. are. They're really and, good. And, and now in this era, especially, college. it rewards physicality as much mm-hmm. as it does skill. There are much more skilled players playing at Wittenberg than there are mm-hmm. at some Big Ten schools. Right. Yeah. But there's there's they're five eleven and a half. They're not mm-hmm. six four and a half. You know. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think uh, the takeaway from reading this in this discussion, man, it's just just childhood. 
Like it's kind mm-hmm. of man. I'm that's all it is. I'm listening. I'm mm-hmm. listening to this book. Yeah, and hearing him go through this, and I am like smiling ear to ear, remembering me on a couch in high school watching that game yeah. with friends, like you know the Jordan flu game. Like he's reliving that, going play by play for the last forty five seconds, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I remember that time. So like, and I've got my son in the back seat, so it's like, just you know, I yeah. use that time to be like, man, Braden, just enjoy your childhood, have some, you know what I mean, Absolutely. have fun, live in this moment, because as you know, when you grow up and mm-hmm. realize those guys that you thought were amazing, you're like, oh yeah. It's an unathletic white guy. Like, yeah. to, like yeah. it wasn't that great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. But in that moment, it was just super cool. It's magical, surreal. right? Yeah, it's magical. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I think our childhood, we're we're at all the time, we're redeeming it of the things that were wounding, but also mm-hmm. reliving it. Right. You know the That's the true. magic of that era is part of the. You know, the reason why time moves faster as you get older is because you're not experiencing things for the first time as much. That's why time seems to compress. Your brain really remembers things that you experienced first time. So childhood is this constant first time, first time, first time. And that's why, like, do you think about it? Think about your childhood. It seems longer right. than, than your adulthood almost. Mm-hmm. It's because your brain Slows actually down. remembers mm-hmm. all that those first time events and so in that regard it's magical you guys know my basement is a is a testament of thanks to my mom and dad for the childhood i had my childhood was far from perfect but i'm so thankful for it and if you walk into my basement you see this explosion of memories right (laughs) just you know of of just the value of childhood and austin i remember a lot of his childhood i might remember as much of your childhood as you do in many ways you know because i got to watch you grow up what's your take i think you're right uh phlegm is you know the 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 lesson from this is just the magic of childhood as we're moving into summer anything about right, childhood true. memories in Absolutely. summertime oh. And I love summer. It's because of my childhood, right? right? You out know? of school, friends, yes, out of pool, school. Playing, I've never had basketball. twelve. I've never had twelve days in my life match the twelve days that were the last day of school. <laughs> right. Okay, those were the top. You asked my top twelve days. Right. Right. Okay, it's ranked right. from first to twelfth grade. I didn't That's go to great. kindergarten. The twelve greatest days of my life were the That's bus great. ride home. Yep. <laughs> from right. the last day, we are free. So true. We are free. It's so true. Um, yeah. So, so you wrap this up, we're at 30 minutes, but you wrap this up on then, you know, you're sitting here with your dad and someone you've known since you were 12, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Eric, uh, wrap this up on, bring us home on this whole, the magic of childhood. Yeah, well, it's something we've talked about before and I think it does do a lot of good to, uh, to really th- critically think about what what made it special for yourself, and it's particularly if you have kids. I know my birthday was um, this past weekend, and my mother had written a card each of my birthdays, a um, couple-page card, until I was 16. And so she um, gave, this to, she gave this to me, um, cool. and there was two 16s in there. One of them was to our sweet daughter, um, it was purple and pink. I don't think it was meant for me. I didn't read that one. Um, uh, your mom put it in there on accident. But um, uh, but that was really special. In there, she just it was you know she just listed um, things that 
um, each year I was into, you know, that year. And, I'd love um, to read There was those. so yeah. much uh, Jason cool. Williams, you know. There was uh, a lot of Wendy's because I would just eat Wendy's I, and Swiss cake Wendy's. rolls and then just they run, double, huh? just run <laughs> for like eight hours, just sprinting for eight hours, <laughs> sprinted off. Um, Real quick but, on that, one of my memories of you and your birthday, because your birthday was always around the NBA Finals. Yeah. And it was always the big, you know, you and your mom's birthday is the beginning of summer. It was always mm-hmm. fun. And Jordan's recital, so the family would all be together. And I remember uh, the memory of us taking sidewalk chalk on our driveway and doing a large red white and blue nba logo for mm-hmm. your birthday on the side on the, on our driveway it was yeah. just it was like the court was the nba logo with the logo himself jerry west and yeah. the big capital n capital b capital a you know mm-hmm. that that's that's, that's awesome. some things yeah. i remember i think and i, th- I think that there's this um duality that has to happen with childhood for me i'd always try to think of and i don't know how much truth there is in this but but for me, it, it's it's truth, and the duality of being at, really grieving your childhood, and really, um, mm-hmm. and really, um, as, as opposed to recollection, grieving it that it's gone, uh, not grieving anything sorrowful about it, but just grieving it. I think grief is a really important part of gratitude and of um, of appreciating something, grieving the death of it. Um, death is what makes life meaningful. If we didn't die, I mean, it would. I mean, it would. You know. <laughs> There's no finish line. Then why run a race? Um, but there was a so there was a really grieving in um, the joy, the duality of grief and joy of, of reading those letters um, uh, that has that has passed and that it let, let, let and let it let it go and not living in um, nostalgia or trying to recapture some moment. There's certainly a lot of recapturing in in our lives ingrained in us today and our culture of just uh, recreating and reliving things, and that's just not going to happen. Um, but for me, it, it's it's it's. Um, I now live in the neighborhood I grew up in that that, you know, mm-hmm. that sidewalk chalk was written on. So yeah. it is. It's a. It's really cool to the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> Old EJ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, 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 so I, I I've faced with a lot. You know, walking through that neighborhood, taking walks with my son. You know, I have oh, yeah, distinct yeah. like vivid memories mm-hmm. of when I was six in that neighborhood, riding bikes, and now I'm taking my son as he's six, yeah. riding bikes to that neighborhood. Yeah. Crazy. And I, I I really let myself feel sad. So I, I wept pretty hard when I read those letters. And it's amazing. Like, I cry over everything now in my life. It's it, like, um, I kids. mean, I, when you have kids, yeah, once you have kids, <laughs> you just cry over it. unlocks a vault. It um, does. Yeah, you know, I just, they're watching The Office, watching Star Wars, I cry over <laughs> everything. Watching um, The Office. I do. I, I cried three times in the Michael Scott's last episode, three times in a 22 minute span. Did you, when he but, said, uh, Would I rather be feared or loved? <laughs> uh, I want I wanted people to fear how much they love him. Did you cry when he said that? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I try so to, true. you know, I, I'm thinking about all this stuff, I just try to, I think for me, is, is let yourself be sad. Yeah. Um, sadness is a really good good, really good, good expression, and um, especially when it pertains to our childhood, um, because there's, if there's, without contrast, we, there, there's, there's no objectivity, no truth. And um, when I'm in recollection of childhood, whether it's something as um, rudimentary as uh, just um, six one-point guards, um, I like to um, still bring contrast in there and to to grieve it and to, to celebrate mm-hmm. it. And that's what makes all this stuff fun is, um, it is. Uh, the innocence well of it and the, and the, and the knowing, the understanding that the innocence didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's life. Good. Life well, is pain, Fleming. 
Texas pain. It is. <laughs> it's connected to meaning, right? Yeah. How much you love it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Big E, thanks for joining us oh, today. Yeah, fun. I, I just, fun. I think you ought to be more than just a roving chuckster. I really do. <laughs> I you just, like that you title, though. Value. That's really cool, though. You, you, you just had such value to this. And, uh, well, I appreciate it. As that always, it's good to have you. And That's we hope fun. you have a great week. We are excited about the summer coming up, and we have, I believe, one more episode of Chuck this season. We'll take yeah. a break for the summer a little bit. Uh, let us bow our heads and pray for the Cavs tonight. Absolutely. And, uh, I didn't, for all the Chucksters that were listening, I didn't, I didn't watch last game. Oh, my god! I don't know who I was protesting or who was offended by me not watching. I didn't watch one minute of it. Wow. Not one. Wow. I understand that. I understand that. It's just too painful. You know. Hey, you Chucksters out there, have a great day, and we hope that uh, you enjoyed this episode of Chucked.